0: five four three two one
1: warning you're about to experience an unpleasant truth
0: america must choose to build a future or obsess about the past to be a nation of fear division and of darkness use your aggressive feeling embrace anger chaos truth but in the shadow of lies the hate flow through you together we can choose a different
1: path join me and together we can rule the
0: galaxy our nation of fear division and of darkness break
1: me down with all of your hatred and your journey towards the dark side will be complete
0: embrace anger thrive on chaos but in the shadow of lies so this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause
1: live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea three hours of bold truth excellence
2: and optimism for america
0: the wendy bell radio program
2: Welcome back, everybody. Our number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program now official and on the clocks. Have you ever wondered how the dissemination of the marching orders goes? How does that work? Because there are a lot of people in this umbrella of corruption and propaganda and manipulation um, who have to be working in tandem in some sort of symphony in order to try to con you guys into not seeing what is so obviously seen. You're being told every single day the emperor looks beautiful. Oh, look at those fine silken trousers. Look at those, look at those beautiful velvet shoes. Look at the piping on that coat. And you're like, yo, the dude's naked. What are you talking about? But they're all drinking the Kool-Aid. I wonder how do you infiltrate local newsrooms? How do you get local journalists to go along with this? Because not everybody can be brainwashed in college, can they? Can every single aspiring journalist be drinking the Kool-Aid too? Or is there just one singular individual out there who's like, you know what? I'm not down with that. Because back in 1992, that was me. I knew what was coming our way, not in terms of where we are today by any stretch. But I was keenly aware of the fact that we were being manipulated in school, that there was a very purposeful directive, that there were only one kind of voice. There was only one kind of voice that was being presented to us. It wasn't by any chance bipartisan. It wasn't equal or fair. It was one way. And we all knew that one way. I didn't feel that one way, and I didn't do my job that one way, which put me in the crosshairs a lot of times. North is still North. But, but how either willfully blind or just daggone corrupt are some of these journalists who we listen to at press conferences, etc., Make the claim that there is no proof that Joe Biden is connected to Hunter in any capacity, that he hasn't done anything wrong, that all of these things, these allegations that the House committees have dug up, these whistleblowers, the testimony, all of it, the transcripts, the the bank accounts, the text messages, the the connecting of dots, the trips that Hunter Biden took surreptitiously on Air Force Two when Joe was vice president, uh, how he scooted out the back with the media that never reported on it? To make it into the presidential limo and motorcade without anybody really paying attention until people started looking? How is it possible that there is a core of human beings whose job is to be naturally inquisitive, to to doubt everything and ferret out the facts and the truth? How is it that, that these individuals in the media refuse to see what is so obviously seen? because I wasn't part of that club. I don't understand it. I'm not gonna, I'm, I don't understand the question you're about to, to hear. So yesterday, outside the house, several congressmen are holding a press conference, right? And they're, and they're saying, hey, this is, this is why we feel we need to proceed with this impeachment inquiry. It opens up locked doors for our committees, judiciary and oversight and ways and means to do the work that they've done for the last eight months to try to figure out the truth about how corrupt is Joe Biden? How compromised was vice president and now currently alleged president? What We need to be able to get these answers. Now, you don't get the answers when you get to hide behind executive privilege. You don't get that. You're not allowed to know that. That's off limits. You can't ask me that. Screw you. The president of the United States still answers to we, the people, and we, the people, want answers. So I want you to hear this this question. So outside the House on the steps is Representative Scott Perry, Congressman from Pennsylvania and also Congressman Dan Bishop from North Carolina. They're going through these things. Hey, we need the inquiry. We need this process. Get us access that the White House has forbidden us access to. Let's get to the bottom of it. (laughs) Again, if there's nothing to hide, why would you not want to release your information? Right? You're so transparent. There's that wall, Joe. Prove it. Well, they know they can't. Listen to, it sounds like a British reporter, Listen to this this woman's question of Congressman Scott Perry. Where is the evidence she's going to parrot of that three-and-a-half-minute montage we played for you the other day of all the different media people saying, there's been no credible evidence. There's no evidence. Blah, 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 blah. No evidence. Uh, right. She's going to parrot that. But then she's going to drop something on you that I think is very interesting. Here's the reporter to Congressman Scott Perry, go.
0: Yes,
1: ma'am. What actual evidence do you have as opposed to allegations to show to the American public that would merit an actual impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden and prove that today isn't just about some of you. Oh, I don't know. McCarthy for the sake of enacting political revenge.
2: Political revenge. This reporter is one going to say, what evidence do you have? You know what? It's funny that the reporter whose job is to cover said malfeasance is the one who doesn't see it but you know who sees it latinos for trump blacks for trump independents who are tired of the lies revenge political revenge you mean like wiretapping a president you mean like creating fake news and presenting it as something authentic and lying, calling Donald Trump some kind of a Russian asset? You mean that kind of political revenge? You mean, the, you mean impeaching him twice, trying desperately? That kind of revenge? Raiding his, his house? That kind of revenge, maybe? Is that what you're talking about, ma'am? Chuck Schumer said the same thing. This sounds like a witch hunt. <laughs> really? Because you've indicted Donald Trump four times, Joe, And last time I checked... He still has not been accused or found guilty of anything. Meanwhile, the irony on the other side of the aisle. This is Scott Perry's response. This is now he is the chair of the House Freedom Caucus. And he's like, no evidence. (laughs) Lady, are you out of your ever loving mind? No evidence. Open up your eyes. Go.
1: Uh, This isn't about political
0: revenge. We have the bank accounts. We can see, ma'am, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own can't be afforded on a, on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. Those things aren't normal. That's not normal to have 20 sell, shell country, companies. These things are not normal, and it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. And we also have the president, or the vice president at the time on record saying that the prosecutor was fired. Well, son of a bitch. The prosecutor was fired, right? Because the prosecutor was going after the the company that his son was working on. That's what we have. If you can't see that, if you are, if you are that blunt, look, I'll turn it over to the attorneys. People can't see that; they think it's political it's revenge. It's because you
2: don't report on it. It's because you don't report on it. People in the audience, there aren't. This isn't something that like a raucous thing, and people are going to applaud it. Then the North Carolina Congressman Dan Bishop gets forward. And he steps forward. And this is what he says. Look, we've got to go through this process in order to get everything that we need to make us an airtight case to the American people. Period. Go.
0: You know, it's funny. After we come out of the events of, for the that John Durham, for example, testified to, to our committees about how investigations proceeded through our investigative agencies without proper predication. It's not that you have to prove the case. It's not that you understand to this point there's not been a single subpoena to a Hunter Biden bank account or a Joe Biden bank account or any other Biden family members bank account because until an impeachment until an impeachment inquiry commences that's not a jurisdictional possibility. Well, it would be stretching jurisdiction to do that. But there's ample predication at this point in time based on that very unusual set of circumstances which is for no apparent payment for expertise or services rendered. Biden family members writ large received over $20 million. That we know now, of. That we know of. It is very simple for someone just to insist there's an absence of evidence. <laughs> but you, if you can look in the face of that and contend that, that's, you know, anyone has a right to their opinion. What they can't do is change the fact.
2: Can't change the facts, sister. You might not want to cover the facts, but the facts are here. This is the same excuse as there's been no evidence. I've seen no evidence of election fraud. Doesn't mean election fraud doesn't exist. It just means that judges all across America didn't allow cases to proceed. There was evidence that Evans was not allowed to be presented. That allows these people to say, I've seen no evidence. I've seen no evidence that Joe is a filthy scumbag. Really? Because the rest of us have. And you want to talk about political revenge, young lady, whomever you are, media hack? Have You guys heard about what happened to Owen Schroyer from InfoWars yesterday? Oh, boy. A judge just nailed him. Put him on the list. January 6th defendant. Nailed and screwed. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So the reporter asks about political revenge. What kind of proof do you have? That Joe Biden is a filthy dirtbag. I haven't seen any proof. Well, you're an idiot. Okay, I I, I can't give you much more oxygen than that. Political revenge. She called it. Sounds like an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden is political revenge. You know what political revenge is? It's exactly what's going on with anybody who was anywhere near Washington, D.C. on January 5th or January 6th, 2021. That's just a fact. The latest victim to be ensnared in this web of insanity, the black widow in this whole deal, Judge Tim Kelly, who seems to have just this penchant For skewering anybody who happened to meander by that zip code two years ago. Owen Schroyer, InfoWars host and colleague of Alex Jones, gets 60 days for January 6th misdemeanor. 60 days. You're going to be in a federal lockup for 60 days. Where who will do what to you? This is on Politico, by the way. Here's your story. A judge Tuesday sentenced InfoWars broadcaster Owen Schroyer, who shadowed his boss and ally Alex Jones, onto Capitol grounds January 6, 2021, to 60 days in prison for breaching the restricted area. He had to destroy something. No. U.S. District Judge Tim Kelly handed down the sentence after contending that Schroyer, who never entered the Capitol building, Played a role in quote, amping up the mob. At a sensitive moment during the riot, what? Schroer's foray onto Capitol grounds came even though Schroer had been ordered to stay away from the area, under a court-sanctioned agreement for disrupting a House impeachment hearing in 2019. The sentence, half of the Justice Department's call for 120 days in prison, closes a chapter in what all sides agree was a, quote, unique prosecution stemming from the mob attack on the Capitol. Schroyer was facing only misdemeanor charges for his conduct that day, pled guilty to breaching restricted Capitol grounds earlier that year. They say Schroyer uh, shadowed Jones, Alex Jones, conspiracy theorist Alex Jones from the ellipse where former President Donald Trump addressed supporters before urging them to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol. Peacefully, I should say.
1: So he got convicted for knowing Alex Jones.
2: Yes. And that, for perhaps amping up the crowd.
1: But they actually mentioned yes. because he works with and knows Alex yes. Jones.
2: Wow. That feels like political revenge.
1: Yeah. Did the reporter ask about that? The reporter did not ask about that. Shocker.
2: I know. I was kind of confused about this.
1: Off now, to the train station with her.
2: Alex Jones, for his part in this, has not been charged in connection with the January 6th attack. I'm sure they're trying everything they can. But prosecutors said Schroyer using a
1: megaphone.
2: God bless America. You can't do that.
1: Didn't Chuck Schumer use one of those at the Supreme Court steps?
2: I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. That one? That time you're talking about?
1: That would be the one.
2: Okay, I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page. So he had a megaphone. Delivered chants that further fueled the riot. After breaching the, prote- the protected perimeter of Capitol grounds. So this is like the, the Proud Boys or the Oathkeeper guy, whatever, whoever the guy was, who didn't do anything, but was jailed anyway for what he could have done. Enrique Tarrio, you didn't do anything, but you could have. And because of that, and the danger that that could have maybe possibly should have, would have Maybe eh, we're going to put you away for 22 years. You know, that's kind of what this justice feels like. You want to talk, Madam Reporter, about political revenge? How dare you? How dare you? This Tim Kelly's got some serious issues, my friends. And he's blaming, obviously. He's seen how many dozens of these defendants and each has been thrown the book. There is no gray area. There's no, well, it was your first time. There's nobody talking about who's the guy who the Fed, He's the Fed, and they didn't fire him, or they didn't...
1: Ray Epps. Ray
2: Epps. Ray Epps can say, we're going to go in tomorrow, and we're going to take it down. And they're like, well, you know, we don't know where that guy went. Now he's getting death threats. Right. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up. We noticed a very specific new off-ramp. This time, the New York Times is taking this one to dump Joe Biden. <laughs> Don't miss this next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. One of the interesting things that we can do, because it's easy to get mired down in the to get just dragged down by this barrage of negative news, of just people acting terrible, right? Is anybody out there pro Mitch McConnell? Is anybody out there like, yay, Chuck Schumer? No, all of these people, they're just so gross and so dirty and they've made so many bad decisions and they've done such a disservice for this country and they're deluded into their own feelings of grandeur and importance as though they're like rock stars. Meanwhile, I look at them with nothing but disdain. Disdain. Boo! Honestly, if one of these people walked by, it would take everything in my fiber not to be like, Boo! You're terrible! Go away! Right? But this is, this is an amazing thing to watch. The many different detours and off-ramps that are being laid on the table for the ultimate divorce from Joe Biden. And this is kind of the fun part. So we're going to give you a a reprieve from the overloaded of what we normally talk about. And let's enjoy what is a new strategy, which we just discovered. So how is the Democrat Party going to distance itself, give the Heisman to Joe Biden? One, we can all agree that he is a puppet. He is a marionette. He is a placeholder. He's nothing other than just the ultimate figurehead. Um, He's not calling any shots. He's frustrated that he's not calling any shots. He's told us a billion times that he's, you know, he gets talked to like a child, period. Period. That's not, that's not the president of the United States. It's just not.
1: He should be talked to like, like a child. He goes to bed early. He doesn't really do anything.
2: The cycle of life has come full circle, right? He needs care. All right, I get it. He's disgusting. And he screwed over our country. How many different ways? But let's just identify for a moment the many ways that they can off-road him or get off the road with him. So there's the he's too old argument. So we saw these these polls dropped earlier in the week. You know, CNN poll, uh, CBS News, YouGov poll. uh, What's this? People are saying Joe Biden's too old. They don't have confidence in his mental acuity. Can he spell acuity? I don't think so. No. So that's one avenue. This is a new one to me. This is a new one to me. The New York Times is trying to lay on the American people a sob story. Joe Biden, the broken man. Joe Biden, the father, crushed by his son, the drug addict, derelict, felon. It's just taken its toll on him, ladies and gentlemen. It's undeniable. These investigations have taken a toll. Joe is just not the same man. Well, no, he's not because he's got dementia, right? It nibbles a little away from you every day. But listen to this New York Times front page headline. Ready? Biden puts son first in spite of political price. Really? That's the headline for what's going on in America right now? Let's read. You know, as the press gradually, and this is a great article on newsbusters.org. These are the folks behind the Media Research Center, or this is the Media Research Center's website. As the press gradually acknowledged the undeniable threat Hunter Biden posed to his father's political future, gradually acknowledged. some still haven't. New York Times White House reporter Katie Rogers issued a 2400 word front page story just Sunday. And it was entitled, The Peril in Biden's Inability to Say No to Son. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Okay, let's, let's go. The headline leaned towards sentimentality. Emotion, right? Not facts. Criminality. Emotion. Oh, poor Joe. Everybody's got somebody in their life who's an addict. You can relate, right? You're a parent. You would do anything for your child right? Well, the fact is, you guys are filthy dirtbags. I don't really care about your connection with your kid because dirtbag is bigger than, greater than, oh, that's my boy, right? Sentimentality. But the one in the previous edition really made the president into a martyr because this is, this is really what it said. Biden put son first in spite of political price, really. So this Katie Rogers writer, reporter at the New York Times, she she had previously praised Biden, the family man, in a July effort at Democratic damage control involving Hunter Biden and his love child, right? What a family man who doesn't identify his seventh grandchild. No. La 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 la. I do not identify you. Yes, my son hooked up with a porn star stripper or whatever the hell it was. Whatever. I do not identify with that child. What a family man. That one was also a Sunday front-page story. This time, Rogers pictured the president as a man whose hope had been sadly thwarted by legal machinations. And this is what he, what she wrote. Earlier this summer, President Biden was feeling hopeful. His son... Hun- this is the New York Times! <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page there. His son Hunter's lawyers had struck a plea deal with federal prosecutors on tax and gun charges, and it seemed that the president that the long legal ordeal would finally be over. But when the government agreement collapsed in late July, Mr. Biden, whose upbeat public image often belies a more mercurial temperament, was stunned. Brock, would you please look up what that means? What's mercurial? It's a word I've never used before, and only somebody who is indoctrinated like the New York Times Katie Rogers would possibly drop that. He plunged into sadness and frustration, according to several people close to him who spoke on the condition of anonymity. That's convenient to preserve their relationships with the Biden family. He plunged. Sadness, frustration, his son. Oh my gosh. Republicans have cast Hunter's troubles as a stew of nepotism and corruption. Republicans have. Republicans have. Republicans are responsible for this. Like Democrats are responsible for wiretapping Donald Trump. Like Democrats are responsible for creating the steel dossier. Democrats are responsible for creating fake allegations that led to a fake impeachment and fake indictments. Is is that what we're talking about here? Republicans casting Hunter Biden's troubles as a stew of nepotism and corruption, which the Biden administration denies. But there is no doubt that Hunter's case is a drain, politically and emotionally, on his father and those who wish to see him reelected. The saga reflects the painful dynamics of the first family shaped by intense ambition and deep loss, along with anger and guilt. It is this story of two very different, if much-loved, sons and a father holding tight to the one still with him. Oh, dear Lord. Katie. Katie, Katie, Katie. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> oh, Katie. You know... You're such a hack. You're such an an obvious, in-your-face, front-page hack. This is the point. Joe Biden, the victim. Think about his life, ladies and gentlemen. It started with his wife and his daughter when he might have been banging the nanny, and that was Jill at the time. They died. <sighs> Joe. Joe, who was broken, decided to use it as a moment to to highlight his sons who were broken in that car accident. And so he wheeled them in, poor Beau, in traction, Hunter just fine, but bandaged up, to create the photo-op optics of a a father. I will fight, even in my time of suffering. And I'll quickly bring Jill, Jill, the nanny, into my lair. And we will rebuild. Yes, we will. Only for Beau to die in Iraq. Not from that. Brain cancer. Or whatever he had. And then Hunter. Ravaged by addiction. Made possible by open borders and rampant fentanyl crossing the the border. I mean, hell, he might have gotten it from, from Barack who was smoking crack with dudes who were having sex with him. Other than that, I'm sure this New York Times story is just, well... It's a father's love. Come on, man. Come on, Katie. Come on, New York Times. You guys sit there and I know you do because I know that the, the news departments do at television stations. Where would everybody go? What happened to our ratings? Why, why can't we sell advertising for anything anymore? What happened to our circulation? I don't know. Well, because we got on to the con. We know that you suck. And we're not buying it anymore. And now when we read your headlines, it's to mock you. It's to call out your obvious scam. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous that CNN is on it. I want you to hear this little give and go it's about a minute and a half is my mind exploding as yesterday a dude on cnn his name is daniel dale he's a political fact checker for cnn lays the groundwork for the distancing that cnn is clearly putting together from his network their network and joe biden go And he has done, I don't know if it's similar things, but he's sort of told some stories that don't line up Quite like this before.
1: Yeah, this president has uh, a pattern at this point of either inventing or embellishing stories about his own past, his biography. He did it three times in one speech last month alone. Uh, He claimed he had witnessed a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh when he actually showed up about six hours later. He claimed that his grandfather had died just days before he was born himself at the same hospital. In fact, his grandpa died more than a year before in a different state, not not the same hospital, Um, and. and he also repeated a favorite false story that I and others have debunked over and over again about a supposed conversation with an Amtrak train conductor he was friends with who was actually deceased at the time the conversation would have had to take place. And that's not all. There are some more serious ones in, in my view. Uh, previously in his presidency, he claimed at one point he'd been arrested during a civil rights protest when in other versions of the story, he just said an officer had taken him home uh, from a protest. He said he had visited the, the Pittsburgh synagogue where worshipers were killed in a 2018 match shooting. In fact, he had actually spoken to the rabbi uh, but never but never went um and he, he's made a whole bunch of others too uh he said at one point republicans like to bring this up he said that he used to drive a tractor trailer used to drive an 18-wheeler never happened the white house later clarified he used to drive a school bus at one point for as a, as a job briefly school bus of course not an 18-wheeler so whatever his intentions whether it's you know foggy memory about stuff that's going on decades ago or deliberate embellishment this is an unfortunate pattern that keeps coming up again and again with joe biden
2: An unfortunate pattern. You hear them laying the groundwork. The seeds, my friends, have been planted. All we're waiting for now is the skies to cloud up and the rain to move in. And then those stories are going to take root. The distancing of the media from Joe Biden. Undeniable. I got a great media montage for you coming up. Do not go anywhere. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. I remember being in journalism school. It was 1989. By the way, did you ever figure out what that word meant, Brock? What was the word I was asking I couldn't spell it. Oh.
1: And I don't even know, because I don't know what the word means, if I spelled it wrong, is that really the word? Well,
2: daggone it. I'm going to have to look into that, because now inquiring minds want to know what this hack reporter for the New York Times is trying to weave as, as the yarn. Joe Biden, the heartbroken family man, he's not going to be able to continue. This This stuff with Hunter Biden, it's just been, it's been too much. It's taken its toll. He is, he's just been destroyed. Oh, Joe factual speaking um he sucks he's corrupt he's enriched himself and all of his family members it's like come on man we know so anyway i love the i started saying at the university of colorado Colorado, i think it was 1989 there was that big earthquake right in california and i think that's the date no there there was something that happened and there was a, a a tragedy And we looked as journalism students at the various photographs of national media coverage of said tragedy. And the whole point of the class was to say, not only can you convey bias in your headlines, which are huge, right? And the way that you write or tell a story, the video you select of that, the photographs you select also can sway public opinion. And so we need to try to be as as centrist, as as objective as possible when we do these things. Well, I want you to pay attention to the words because the words that they're using are very specific. They are purposeful and they are universal among your legacy media. They're gonna say words such as unverified to talk about these allegations against Joe Biden unverified claims unverified emails well you know when whistleblowers step forward within high levels of the government and they talk about things that they've experienced i'm not going to go with unverified i'm going to go with okay this can be verified stop dropping these words dubious All right. We have a media montage that our friends at the Media Research Center put together for us. And this is basically uh, a minute and let's see a minute and
1: 17 seconds,
2: a minute and 17 seconds of very carefully nuanced chosen words, ABC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, all of them to deflect from the gravity of the seriousness of these allegations against Biden and his family, to water them down into a witch hunt, Republican, fringe, conspiracy theory realm. Listen to the very careful verbiage, go.
1: There are new questions about an unverified report targeting Joe Biden's son. Last week, Giuliani and former Trump official Steve Bannon provided the New York Post with unverified emails. Allegedly linking one of Hunter Biden's Ukrainian partners with a possible meeting with Joe Biden when he was vice president.
2: Unverified emails about his business dealings. The story's sourcing has also raised questions about its authenticity. This is a questionably sourced story, to say the least, that appeared in a tabloid.
1: Experts say the emails cannot be authenticated. Some may have been altered or are fake. We have no idea whether or not the emails are legitimate. The president is trying to revive an old attack line using the vice president's sign. He He tried to revive an old line of attack against Joe Biden Based on suspicious new claims linked to Rudy Giuliani. U.S. spy agencies have gathered intelligence that the president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, was dealing with alleged Russian intelligence agents last year.
2: And the Washington Post is reporting that some intelligence
1: experts think this has the hallmark of, like, a disinformation campaign. New reporting about possible ties to a Russian disinformation effort described by many intelligence
2: experts as having hallmarks of a foreign disinformation campaign.
1: This whole operation looks right out of the kremlin playbook
2: it's so obvious isn't it so obvious but isn't it so delightful to be awake to be able to listen to that i counted five disinformation claims russian or foreign disinformation i found one fake claim i found questionably sourced said three times and unverified five times and they all say the exact same thing So you have to ask yourself, they're either super lazy and they're ripping each other off, which, by the way, is a cardinal rule in journalism. As a former journalist, I will say to you, I would never parrot what somebody else said because it's a pride thing, right? If I'm writing a story, if I'm doing a story, I'm not going to rip somebody off. I'm going to present something that's original. Maybe I'm on an island. Maybe I'm the only one, but I doubt it they're all getting the same talking points. They're all getting the same marching orders. These are the things that are being said. These are the words that you need to use and then you need to push back. And you need to push back with claims against Steve Bannon and Rudy Giuliani and people in Donald Trump's orbit. It's so filthy and yet so obvious when you stop and you pay attention. Now here's the struggle. You pay attention to programs like this. How many of you go on and listen to other people? Dan Bongino, maybe you listen to, you know, Patriot Radio or whatever you do. You're focused, you're involved, you're aware. These people in the media are speaking to the the folks who aren't. And that is where the great challenge comes in for us. Because we have to be able to bleed over and reach over to those people with ironclad, very succinct allegations. Not some big thing. We think Joe Biden is corrupt because there's proof that he and his family got $30 million from foreign businesses. And yet they had no skills or services rendered. There you go. There is your thesis statement. You don't have to talk about Burisma. You don't have to talk about Victor, you know, Poroshenko. You don't have to talk about the players. You need to say, this is what we know. This is how we know it. That's how we are going to reach these folks who are not plugged in. All right, don't go anywhere. We've got some medical news on tap. And some of this stuff is just going to blow your mind. So a CIA whistleblower blowing the whistle on COVID's origins. And then what's up with this war on Sudafed and these other over-the-counter medications? Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program.